Tiny Podcast. Today is episode three and a half? Bonus episode one? I don't really know. Today, friends, we are going to be talking about mostly Magic the Gathering and the Shadows over Innistrad expansion. So that was your warning. If you want to listen to video game news and debates and all that fun stuff, well, I, I hate to disappoint you, but today is a bonus episode all about Magic the Gathering because it's awesome. Fuck out if you're not here to talk about cards. Yeah. yeah. So that person who just rudely interrupted me was Mr. Kinnon. Say hello, Kinnon. I didn't think I was all... Hi, guys. I didn't think I was all that rude, LB. I really didn't. You're always rude. You literally just said, get the fuck out. Oh, I mean, well, well, I mean, all due respect to LB. LB, you please stay here. I think there was a lot of subtext in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. But that was Mr. Kinnon. Radio, the bunker boy. Say hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Not bad. Yeah? Things good in the bunker? How's your squirrels? Uh, happy and fat. Good, good. Also today, we have a friend of the cast and a guest joining us, Mr. Sean. Say hello. Hey, this is Sean. Thanks, LB. Today, we are going to be talking about Shadows Over Innistrad. And just to kind of get everybody on the same page, I wanted to give the listeners just kind of a a general starting point. So Shadows Over Innistrad is the newest Magic the Gathering expansion. And it is a gothic horror slash eldritch horror theme set. There's werewolves and zombies and vampires. But there's also some Lovecraftian Cthulhu stuff going on. Who Mm. knows? It's a mystery. And uh, with that said, I think we should start off discussing the flavor. What do you guys think about how flavorful this expansion is? Let's start with uh, you, Kenan. Yum, yum, yum. Well, yum. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. So much flavor. Yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. No, agreed. Uh, I, you ad- actually adequately put this as uh, Bloodborne the uh, the magic block, with which I think really kind of sums up everything going on uh in this and uh as as both of you know i really really like all of the lovecraftian horror and all that other stuff but it seems like they're slowly building uh in this world maybe it could still just be a bird in the moon but I it's, hope a shrew. it's a shrew it's a shrew it could just be a rat in the moon despite all my rage sorry that was bad <laughs> that was awful i apologize <laughs> How about uh? How about you, Sean? Do you are you are you a Vorthos? Are you a flavor man? Do you appreciate the finer things in the Magic Life? I do. I do appreciate the finer things. I've noticed as I've been playing. Uh, so I got to play at pre-release with these cards, and the flavor between the cards. There's a lot of synergy going on, and I really like the way they uh, some of the new mechanics and everything. And I don't know. It's it's a very flavorful flavorful palette of cards here. A lot of cards working together. <laughs> Yes. Oh yes, cool. yes. We'll uh we'll discuss the synergy here soon. But uh radio, how do you how do you like the flavor, the lore, the uh the story? How's that all doing for you? Well, I'm super glad that the flavor is good, or else Seal would have pissed me off to no end because <laughs> of all the synergy. Um Yeah, I mean the story is great okay. for it. The it you know, the story it tells is really neat. Um I guess I guess if the cards worked together and it was for absolutely no reason, it would be a little bit frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, when you have a magic set where there's an enchantment that will kill you when your life is at 13 and the card's name 
is named after that phobia. It's just, it's, it's just really cool. It's really cool when they do stuff like that. And they they can't always do that with some sets, some sets, they need to be more mechanical and they need to be more kind of dry. So I personally always really love it when we get a set where wizards can kind of just like let loose a little bit and design around the flavor and the fun. That's, that's one of the things that I like about this set is you can all, you can feel the love emanating from wizards while you look at the art for these cards like if you go back and one of, one of my favorite things about this set is the card um uh the card relentless dead if you look at that and then you go back and you look at the or- original innistrad set the enchantment and endless ranks of the dead is clearly a snapshot of the same stained glass window in relentless dead just before all the zombies have broken it mm-hmm. that that connection is just so cool yeah like those those little touches really make it just Enchanting. Enchanting. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Worse than my Smashing Pumpkins goof. <laughs> hey, at least I kept it on theme. That's true. Yeah. Alright, um, so let's see. So what have you guys done? Me and um me and Radio played a pre-release this last last weekend. And uh I've had a chance to play Sealed with Friend of the Cast and Mad Scientist Chris. And I got to do a official draft at FNM on Friday. Um, Radio, what have uh, what have you got a chance to sink your teeth into? Uh, that pre-release, and I drafted on Friday. Excellent. We'll discuss more about the draft later. Uh, Kenan and Sean, what about you guys? What official magic have you got to play with uh, Innistrad? Well, I got to do a pre-release, and unfortunately, I did not get to draft on Friday. I was really disappointed, but I did do a pre-release, and that was quite interesting, for sure. Excellent. Very different in the last format. Yeah. Kenan? I haven't done shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, didn't get to, I didn't get to make pre-release, and my only chance to uh, to, to draft release this uh, this weekend, Sean squandered for me. We were supposed to both go, but... Wait, what? Yep, but uh, Sean said he wasn't going, on, so... You're blaming this on me? Yep, that ball's in your court. <laughs> well, it was. You stuffed it. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Kenan. No, Sorry, I'm, I'm I haven't let anything you down. yet. But the plan is to draft this weekend. So hopefully that good. good. Yeah, I uh so I guess let's let's go ahead and dive right into it. So uh let's talk about how the set plays. So the previous set was Oath of the Gatewatch. And for anybody that did any limited of this set, draft and sealed, Oath of the Gatewatch was very grindy. It was very slow. Lots of two fours, lots of two threes, lots of just blocking and cohorting and tapping. And um, Oath of the Gatewatch, I don't feel was a bad format format by any means. Honestly, nowadays, Magic doesn't really make bad formats or bad sets. But um, I I didn't enjoy Oath of the Gatewatch a whole lot because it was so grindy and uh, games took forever. So... um, what I've noticed so far with this format, and I'll get some opinions from you guys, is so one of our big topics to discuss is sealed. What we what we think about this format and sealed because it's it's weird. So this format is very high synergy. Um, lots of build around cards, lots of cards that want little combos, little engines, lots of um, things that want delirium, things that want madness. Um, so much of this set and the archetypes like zombies and werewolves and tribal stuff, they, they want cards, other cards to make them work. So 
the the rares across the board i feel like have kind of a medium power level and where you really get your edges in this format so far it seems is from those synergies so sealed has been interesting um myself and a lot of my uh cohorts aren't quite sure what to think about sealed yet we need we need more time to play with it but i will say that um draft has been much better so i want to go ahead and ask radio as someone who's done the pre-release and who has done a draft what do you think about the set so far and kind of the differences between sealed and draft so i mean you pretty much nailed it it it's so synergy heavy that you know your your sealed pool just has so much variance with how it's going to play out either you get a couple things that work together well or you get a bunch of stuff that's just kind of durly and you string it together to either work around your rare or just work together enough to to do you know to get it there um but draft is great because you know you get tons of synergy going and it really rewards you for drafting well. I mean, you can just do some really cool stuff with how much stuff you can get working together. Oh, absolutely. And I think draft is so nice because you're kind of in control of your destiny to a certain degree. You're, you're relying on the people to your left and to your right. But um, let's say, for instance, uh, me and Radio, one of our favorite archetypes so far is the blue-green clue deck. And if you get like an Uvenwald Mysteries or even better, a tireless tracker, like like second, third, fourth pick, like that sends a big signal. And if you can safely move into that blue that blue green clue archetype and you can have the blue green clue deck you can really build a sweet sweet deck but i think we're kind of biased but uh kenan or sean uh what do you guys think about the limited format so far so when i played sealed i made uh, a giant mistake and, <laughs> I remember this. and this this mistake was i kept thinking i was playing with the gatewatch and oh i'm not playing the gatewatch so i played Three color American control, just like I did in Oath. And, you know, it did not work out very well because most of the time I was dead by the time I could play any of my bomb rares. Yeah. Because the decks are just so aggressive. So I mean, that was all that was all me just forcing an archetype that I shouldn't have done. But dredging it up from the past. Yeah. But I think one of my favorite things to see in Limited, I really, really like the Madness decks or the Werewolf Tribal decks. They're both extremely aggressive. And they can just produce so many tokens and yeah. just go wide against these bigger creatures that are later bombs. Like it just overpowered me in such a big way every time I played in limited. And that comes back to the synergy thing, man. I mean, you especially. I mean, for one, with vampires and you know black, uh, black red, you've got madness going for pretty much everything within it. Mm-hmm. And then for anyone playing, say, uh, playing werewolves like green red werewolves, you've got a bunch of werewolves on the field, and the minute you get one trigger, the majority of them are going to trigger all at the same time. Right, and exactly. get a much more aggressive board to look at. Yeah, and the thing I liked about a lot of the Madness cards in the limited format is they had a lot that were good without Madness, and it was just an upside to be able to trigger Madness. Yeah. Which, so if you weren't getting your discard spells, like, or if you weren't getting Tormenting Voice or anything, then you could still play some of these cards, and they were still actually great in your deck, but obviously the Madness upside is a lot better. Right. But, you know, if you drew them... Yeah, they are. <laughs> right. And, you know, like we were saying, the, the Madness stuff starts to show up way more in draft, you know, when you can pick up your your Insolent Neonates, or, you know, your... Uh, what do you call it? It's the, the, the dude with the bell... 
um, you know, guy. tappers that don't cost any mana to, to discard. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. A- any of those kind of vampires that you can discard, you don't have to pay any mana for. What do you guys think about Delirium? I'd have to say Delirium has been the most interesting mechanic to wrap my head around from Limited. Um, standard or Constructed, that'll be a whole other thing to worry about. And a Constructed format, you can you can make Delirium happen. But um, in Limited, Delirium has been very interesting to kind of think about. What do you guys think about it? I, I mean, I personally, I think it's a it's an interesting mechanic. Um, one of the issues I noticed in people playing Delirium heavy decks were that they didn't get Delirium till they were almost dead, almost and they really, really relied on their Delirium to like save them. So it, I mean, it was good in some some stances, but normally they were either already winning when they got Delirium, so it didn't really make a difference, or they were losing and they like really had to get delirium on a card that just turned the game around which i mean it could happen but from what i noticed just the aggressive uh strategies seem to be a little better in this format it doesn't have that last ditch gonna save you thing that a lot of what you need right like if you have some some bomb or something that is great with delirium it might make a difference but a lot of these guys i mean they were just taking a lot of damage really fast from these aggressive decks so right yeah Yeah. i uh Though the one thing I've been telling telling everyone, and the one big thing about this format is, so werewolves overall are pretty good in limited. Um, and uh, I played the original Innistrad, and when the werewolves came out, no one no one had any idea what to think about them. Were these things great? Were they awful? Like yeah. they were such a new thing to think about. And ultimately, looking back on the original Innistrad, werewolves were just kind of like six out of ten. They were good, you know, above average, but not like anything crazy. Um, this time needed, around, go ahead. you needed moon, like in order to get it to happen. You needed that card, moon, moon mist. mist. Yeah, flip all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this time around, however. I've noticed um, werewolves, all the werewolves on their base stats, like their, their front side of the card, are just perfectly fine average magic cards. You'll play them. Um, but werewolves really punish a bad curve. And this format has been called like two, like the bear format, like two twos for two. Like this, this format is really about two drops and three drops because if a werewolf player plays a three drop and a four drop and you can't play anything, you are likely losing that game. Yep. Wow. For sure. Yeah. That's, that happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Mr. American. Yeah. Control. It is not a good idea. <laughs> it is very much a two color format in, especially in sealed. Um, it's still in draft really. It, it's two color. Cause if you miss your land drop or something and you just don't have a play, it's over. That's it. Yeah. Especially because a lot of the the bombs I were playing were had like double devotion for either red or blue or white or something. And it's just like getting that with three color. It's just not a good idea. So to all you, all you people out there who Who want to make mistakes like me, just, just, (laughs) just move on, you know, it's over. This is a new format. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And I was going to bring that back up. Uh, this, uh, this Saturday I judged a release tournament at the store and, um, I, anytime I walked by someone building their deck and I saw that they were going three color, I just stopped. I'm like, listen, 
I know you could go three color in Oath of the Gatewatch and definitely in Battle for Zendikar, but you really shouldn't be three color. Like two yeah. color and a splash. Honestly, I've been telling everyone who's asked for advice, just two color. Like don't even try and do a splash. Just like keep it nice and simple and two color because you really want to do it. You want a two drop, a three drop, a four drop. You don't want to get ran over by werewolves. You don't want to miss a land drop. Like this format is not hyper aggressive. But this format is faster than Oath of the Gate Watch, and you will get punished if you miss a land drop or you miss uh, a two or three drop. Yeah, it, it definitely makes a difference. You can't just play those late game big cards and expect to win off that. Yeah. Because the, the opponent just developed such a board state that you can't come back from it. Um, and, you, and you also took like 12 damage by turn four or something. We, we even <laughs> saw today that if you, it, not only if you miss a land drop, but if you hit a land that comes in tapped, you're almost fucked anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. It can, yeah. It can really, you can easily up. get rolled over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing, playing an enter the battlefield tap land on turn three against a werewolf opponent. When you wanted to play a three drop can be pretty rough to come back from. That will kill you. Yeah. That's when you needed that reflector mage. Oh man. I love that card. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about reflector mage in a second, but, uh, just to kind of put a cap on limited overall. So what, um, what do you guys think about this format? It, it's very early. Uh, we all have very small sample sizes. Uh, so far, my opinion is sealed as is wonky, but not bad. I still enjoy it. It's just not exactly I love it. Um, and I've done one draft so far, and I really, really enjoyed the draft. But uh, so radio, what do you what do you think so far of the limited format? I mean, we don't have a lot to go on, but uh, I think we're all excited to keep playing more. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to draft more. I'm not excited to do more sealed. I mean, I think that's that's pretty obvious from what I said so far. Uh, some of the bomb cards are pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to talk about any cards or? I mean, has there kind of... has there been any cards that like you've been really impressed by, or you're really excited to buy, or like you really hope you get to draft them or play with them? I mean, like you said, the blue green cool. Clues deck has been pretty cool. Uh, ongoing investigation has been one of my favorites so far. Uh, with yep. little skulk cards or flyers, it's whenever you hit somebody, or when you deal combat damage to a player, you investigate, and then you can exile creatures from your graveyards to gain two life. People just haven't paid attention to it yet, and you just get huge card advantage from it. That's fun. And also, I got a fifth pick, Startled Awake because I guess somebody didn't want to go double blue for it. And that was a fun finisher from someone that wasn't really expecting it in a board stall. So, good times. <laughs> That's awesome. What, uh, Kenan and Sean, what do you guys think about the limited format so far? So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I I mean, I haven't gotten to play, but just from looking, looking at the cards and uh, uh, from the news I've heard for people who have, have been able to play in the format so far, I'm, I'm actually excited to draft more than anything just because you, you've got the cards in front of you. You could pick what you want to do and, 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 and hit it right i'm normally i feel in general i'm normally more of a fan of draft than yeah. sealed um but especially with this format, just because of the high synergy it's great to be able to draft because you can sort of i mean to some extent pick what's coming to you i did like um i guess like sort of bomb cards i got to play devil's playground and that was really really good like because i mean i was playing against a white weenie deck and i just took out their entire board with these guys 
and it was just a fantastic bomb to play in sealed. And then I got to flip a Westvale Abbey, and that's oh, that's kind of the best feeling you could have um, in sealed. Yum, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, West Westvale Abbey, a card that everyone thought would never flip to a card I have seen flip a lot. Yeah, you can really flip. I mean, and when it flips, I mean, it's devastating. And let's be honest, <laughs> you must. Yeah. <laughs> Flip it good. Flip it good. Yeah, West Westville Abbey. That's that's another just like that's a flavor home run, and it's just a coolly it's a cool design card, and it's been surprisingly more powerful than I expected as well. Mm -hmm. I I know we probably well we may cover it. You may you may let me have that, but uh, Westville Abbey is absolutely something that's going into my Marin deck for EDH because that is just that is too good in that, and you generate a ton of tokens. A ton of tokens. Yep. So, so speaking of EDH, I want to take a quick segue. Uh, I have so I I am I have no shame in admitting that most of the most of my constructed decks I usually just take a list that's established and I just kind of tweak it and make it my own. But I am not a brewer, and I'm okay with that. Um, I prefer to just take the ideas of someone else and go from there. So um, all the con- all my commander decks have basically been a shell, and then I just kind of do my thing with them. But um, starting with this set and the great and powerful Hypnotoad, the Gitrog Monster, uh, which I sleeved up last night as I was watching coverage. So I now have a Gitrog Mouse Monster EDH deck, and I am super excited to play with it. That card looks like it would be pretty powerful at EDH. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds fun. I mean, you just, in something like EDH, you have so many just silly little synergies with discarding land, sacrificing creature, sacrificing land. So I'm I'm really excited to play it. And this is the first time where I really kind of fell in love with a card other than like my current bay, Kalia of the Vast. Oh, nice. I'm thinking even actually from this set for EDH, now that you mention it, uh, Alvenwald Hydra looks mm-hmm. pretty great to yeah. be able to just grab a land and oh, yeah. just put it on. Anything you want, that's like could yeah, you, and like you could do like an Azusa sort of thing, just playing a ton of lands in the on Hydra. I mean, <laughs> or it'd be good in other decks just to get your land, I guess. Well, there's there's a lot of synergy with that, the Gitrog monster, and then a card that's played a lot in Marin top eight decks for EDH, which is Titania Protector of Argoth, because you bring her back, you get a land oh, back. Oh yeah, yep, Titania is in my frog deck. Yo, oh, so good. Oh yeah. What about you, Radio? I um I know you're still kind of you're still kind of new in the grand scheme of things, so I think you're warming your way up to EDH. But uh, has Shadows of Innistrad got you ready for EDH or excited for EDH or anything like that? Gotta get those squirrels going. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> squirrel. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm still making my way through trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my standard deck now that yeah, that's all the con stuff has rotated out. So I'll get to it. Oh. So let's uh, let's move on to standard. But before we do, I would like to take a moment on behalf of the cast to say good night, sweet Rhino. You came into our lives and you gave us so many three life triggers. And I will always love you, and I will always play you in modern. Good fucking yeah. riddance. <laughs> yeah, really good riddance. <laughs> yep, burning hell, dude. Bag guys who don't play standard over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Siege Rhino, Siege Rhino, what a, what a card. No, Blighted Please. Agent wins. Blighted Agent all the way. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, that's a different kind of dirty. Yeah. 
But yes, so let's let's talk about standards. So rotation has happened. Cons of Tarkir and Fate Reforged are gone. The fetch lands are gone. Siege Rhino is gone. A lot of powerful cards are gone. Um, so this standard is going to be quite different. Um, as I was telling Radio already, um, I, I'm optimistic for this standard because already the mana bases went from $200 to about $50. So that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so cons was a very powerful block. Uh, and Shadows Over Innistrad is a lower power level than cons, but it's more synergy based. But, uh, this weekend, um, as we, this evening, uh, SCG Baltimore happened and let's just take a quick look. So our top eight decks for the first weekend of new standard. So I want to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there. This is a brand new format. These decks are not likely to stick around except for collector company. Um, you know, things are going to get shaken up the pro tours in two weeks. So this is a very fresh, new, underdeveloped standard, but it's always fun to talk about. So uh, Bant Company took the whole thing down because Collected Company is not really a fair magic card, and neither is Reflector Mage. Um, and you put them together, and they're even... Yeah, worse. you know, bringing in two Reflector Mages against any deck with creatures is just kind of backbreaking. Um, then we have a lot of humans, a lot of humans. The, uh, the aggro deck of the format is, is humans, mono white humans, white, blue humans, red, white humans, green, white humans, white slash X humans, basically. Um, we had an interesting white, black Eldrazi deck, which honestly, it's just kind of a white, black control deck with Eldrazi displacer, because that's a fun card. Wow. Um, and thought not seer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thought not seer in a displacer makes for a miserable opponent. Um, we had a super sweet uh, blue red control deck, which I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, then we had, uh, let's see. Yeah, that's basically the top eight is humans, co- a collected company, uh, a control Eldrazi deck, and then this sweet blue red control deck. But, uh, What's everybody's first impressions of, of new standard? So, I mean, so Ken and I don't really play standard that much. Yeah, but full, we, full disclosure. Yeah, full dis- I played a Tarka Red for a little bit. <laughs> well, you quote unquote played a Tarka Red. I, I did a little bit. You know, I didn't do so well, but I did okay. <laughs> you got mana screwed every yeah, time. I, yeah, I did. But, um, I mean, from what I've seen, I, I mean, Collected Company is just so powerful. It's so good. Because you can really just stabilize so well against, like, a white weenie deck. I mean, they're hitting you early on, and then you just Collected Company into Reflector Mage and Sylvan Advocate. I mean, it's it's pretty backbreaking. And, uh, I mean, there's there's a reason it's in first. I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the big decks to beat as the format goes on. And and just watching watching this deck play, the only times that we saw it kind of screw up is when oh shit i don't have my third i don't have my third land available true and i'm i'm against a heavy aggro deck yeah that is interesting the mana base difference does kind of make the deck a little bit harder to play because you're playing three color and you have no fetches anymore and you have a lot of these lands that could come in tapped but i mean it just depends on how your mana base is going because like lumbering falls is always going to come in tapped but it's a great card late game so i guess really it just depends if you can with stand these super aggressive decks but it looks like they can right now yep so garfield's creator appears to be able to garfield's creator jim davis (laughs) in the flesh (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and and that whiff on mana was one of the only times that happened like all day that I saw. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, but that's that that and that's crazy too. Like, I'm amazed that Jim had such great mana. Like, even like the commentators said multiple times, like coming into this tournament, a lot of the pros and a lot of the like SCG grinders were all like. Listen, three three mana decks in standard, we're not quite sure, and we can't get the mana to work, and they're slow, and they're clunky, and that makes sense. The fetch lands are gone, the battle lands are a lot worse, the new hand lands you know, can come in tapped a, a decent amount of time. But yeah, by God, maybe he just had really good luck. Um, but then again, several people on that deck placed highly. So maybe the mana's not as bad as we thought, but I think the mana, you got to be careful with it. Yeah, I think it really comes down to how many basics you're playing too. Because the thing is, if, uh, really turn three is where I feel like everything starts to really turn. Having a turn two Sylvan Advocate is great. Yeah. But turn three is like, you need to be playing something. You know, something you needs can't to just hit keep the board playing tap lands. And I think, like, it, I mean, worst case scenario, if you have mana still and you're playing tap land turn one, tap land turn two, and then you have a basic for turn three, like, at least you can sort of stabilize during that. But I really also, collected company, I mean, if you have collected company for turn four, you can really make, make some magic happen, you know? I mean, I can't. Well, I keep forgetting that Collected Company is an instant, and for four mana, I'm just like, how did? How is this an instant? Yeah, right. They always pass on turn four. And you're like, oh, oh, just oh, kid, pass oh, got oh, four really? mana up. <laughs> I wonder oh, what yeah. that's you for. You want to swing into this? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Bring it on, champ. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's an instant. It just like screams sorcery when you look at the card. And, and that's then the you thing. Read it and you're like, wait, what? Is <laughs> you have Collected Company in a deck in which the creatures, the creatures carry out control... Yeah. positions or yeah which right. is great yeah it's or they good. just come in and they become big beef monsters right big beef sylvan monsters. advocate just like great early and then better later better later <laughs> and it makes yeah. your sylvan, bananas yep sylvan advocate is an amazing card it has really pr- like i think wizards really nailed it because like it's a two drop you're always really happy to have on two and it's a card that you draw late, and you're like, yeah, this guy's a beater now, and my man lands are huge. Like, Sylvan Advocate is a crazy good card. It's yeah, one of those rare cards. Great the whole time. It's one of those rare cards that it, it also I feel like is going to be good for, the, for a lot of formats, too. Yeah. Like, I would play this in a creature-heavy EDH deck. Because oh, why absolutely. Not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you're gonna absolutely going to be gonna a You're going to have a lot five. of lands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, if you don't, then someone's someone's you're, being you're mean. fucking up. Someone's being mean during someone's, the ADHD Someone's game. land destroying. <laughs> someone's just playing Armageddon. Yeah. What do you um? What do you think about all this radio? Um. I mean, I I think his. Uh, I'm still on his mana base over here, taking a look at it. I don't think it's as bad as we might be thinking. Because evolving wilds, yeah, it it can bring in a land tap, but if you play it, you know, turn one or two. It's not going to be tapped. Uh, you know, you just kind of make sure your opening hand is not awful there. That's one of the tapped ones. And then Lumbering Falls is his other tapped land. But Fortify Village and Port Town, they can both reveal Prairie Stream or basically any of his basics. Canopy Vista, as long as he has basics out, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a... 
there's not a whole lot of like double green, double white, double blue spells. So yeah, I think I think the mana I think a three color mana base, as long as you're not too greedy, I think you can make it work in standard. Um you gotta be careful. But I mean, when you have something as powerful as Collective Company, it's worth stretching your mana base a little bit. Yeah, I, I did not realize the handlands could reveal stuff like Prairie Stream at first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. The other, to nobody's surprise, Archangel Avacyn is a semi-truck. That card is incredible. And as I was discussing with Radio, for as long as as long as long Shadows Over Innistrad is legal and standard, and maybe even monitored, five mana, when your opponent has five mana and two planes or two white sources, you're screwed. You're just like, it's such a, it's like, what do you do? Here it comes. Yeah. Whenever someone plays their fifth land and they're just like, "Uh, pass," you're like, "You're like, great. oh great." Well, I guess I'm <laughs> swinging into indestructible creatures, and then I, I mean, I or I'm collecting, or they're going to collect, yeah, it. or they're going to collect <laughs> whatever I mean, they want to. They do. just can leave up so many options, yeah. especially with, I mean, Avison, she's insane. I, I actually really want to see if she's in some modern control builds, especially now with the new unbannings of uh, Ancestral Vision. Oh yeah. And um, sort of the meek. I want to see if someone builds like an Esper or a uh, American Jezkai control with art with Avacyn. With her I mean, she's there. pretty good. I mean, it just depends. Like, I guess how many creatures you're going. It's really good in collected company because you can really because you play a lot of creatures and then you can just save your creatures. But she might be good in a control format, like in modern, just because you could flash her in, protect your creature, and then maybe flip her. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how much the flipping is going to come into play though. But I feel like in modern, there's a better chance of it happening because with bolts and you know paths and just there's a lot of kill spells. Well, the, well, the flip makes her incredibly useful against another thing that's coming up, which is which is white weenies or humans or anything right, like exactly. that. Because three damage yeah. is pretty brutal. Yeah, it's like insurance yeah. afterwards. Just, oh, if this wasn't enough, just in case, blop, try and kill one of my creatures. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just Peace wipe out. your way. On camera today, we saw somebody, or maybe yesterday, we saw somebody Dromoka's command fight their own creature to kill it. To be able to flip her and wipe oh, their opponent's man. board, dirty the value, dirty, so, dirty birdie, so dirty. That's the that's the kind of play I love to see. Just fight, fight there like- was <laughs> there was another play like that. I discussed with the radio. Uh, so some of these decks are running uh, Ailey, Eternal Pilgrim, and so Avison's on the board. You use Ailey's ability to sacrifice a creature, gain life, and Avison flips, and it's just like, oh my god, the value. Value. The value. <laughs> yeah, our uh, Archangel Avison is an insane card. Like, it's not fair and limited. It's it's going to change standard. It's probably going to see modern play. It's always going to be good in EDH. Hell, it might see legacy in a vintage play, but we don't really care about that. But uh, Av- Avison is just bananas. Yeah. We Speaking of Avison, happy to see. Kind you. of like happy to be here. Like a hidden mechanic in Innistrad seems to be flash mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot of the cards can either be flashed in or like madness ends up being flash if you have a discard yeah i think that is a uh design thing with werewolves i think there we, we see more flash than For normal sure. to um combat werewolves or make the werewolf player um to make werewolves more interesting because if the werewolf player passes wanting to flip, you can end of turn flash in your guy and just ruin his plan. 
Uh, yeah, and conversely, if you're playing werewolves, you can right. fight it on not on your turn and then just mm-hmm. pass. True, as yeah. it comes. Yeah, a madness of werewolves come. That would oh. be be pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, Sean, Sean, you brought up a great point. We'll cover it briefly. So, uh, big news in the magic world. So we had a modern bannings and unbannings. Uh, Eye of Ugin was banned, so Eldrazi Winter is officially over. Yeah, peace um, out. And that's one card I don't think anybody's going to be really sad to see go. Um, don't let the door. And go. more interestingly, uh, Ancestral Vision. And Sword of the Meek were unbanned, and uh, so I've not—I've only been playing Magic since about the original Innistrad. So like old Magic or like you know the beginning of modern Magic, I don't have a firm grasp on. So I had no idea why Sword of the Meek was a big deal. I'm like, okay, whatever. So, but it's based off some like really crazy Thopter Foundry deck that like won a Pro Tour or something a couple years ago. Well, this week I was at my local store, which Modern is very popular, and I got to see with my own eyes what happens when you have Thopter Foundry and Sword of the Meek and a way to recur that. And yeah, that's nutty. That's just yeah. bananas. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, that's, I was in the same situation. I mean, I saw Sword of the Meek. I'm like, okay, I get Ancestral Vision because I mean that's pretty great card advantage right there, but. I didn't really understand Sword of the Meek until someone told me about the Thopter Foundry, and that's that is pretty crazy. I mean, exactly. I love how it spiked too from like fifty cents to like what, like twelve bucks or something. As soon as it was on ban, everyone's like, "Oh my god, twelve dollar uncommon!" I saw it and I was like, "Oh, this will be good for humans." There are a lot of humans coming. Oh, okay, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) right, yeah. I was like, "Oh, Sword of the Meek." I guess that's good, but yeah, it's insane, especially because. You can play that with Thopter Foundry and Ancestral Vision in the same deck because yeah. they're all the same colors. Yep. So you just really get to reap the benefits of that unbanning. But I I saw LSV actually do a stream of that, like a deck with that build. Mm-hmm. I wasn't super impressed with Ancestral Visions in that deck. Right. But sort of the meat Thopter Foundry look good. And Ancestral yeah. Visions will look good elsewhere. But I'm not sure about those three together. Well, oh, sure. Sure. It's Ancestral Visions kind of comes into play if you're playing blue. Just right. You you really gotta be playing it's nice. well, you really gotta be playing control too. Like if yeah, you're playing uh like a mid range or you know uh aggro deck, I mean you're not you don't need to be wasting your one mana on drawing cards in turn five because you're not you're hoping to end the game before you even get there. So. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the ancestral vision unban was wizard saying okay we hear you control is not really good in modern here's a pretty powerful card draw spell so i'm hoping it doesn't become busted because one mana draw three is historically a busted card cough cough treasure cruise um (laughs) but i'm actually so i think all of us on the cast we we enjoy modern and we like modern but i don't think any of us are like super super heavy modern players it's just something we kind of enjoy but um ultimately i'm really happy for the future of modern now that eye of ugin is banned and these two cards are unbanned i think it's really going to shake up modern in kind of a more fun healthy way Sean and I play yeah. modern. I am pretty. I Sean's consider myself mostly modern. a modern player, but um, I am sort of newer to it. But so I play Infect in modern, which, which is why, a, which is why he likes modern. Yeah, it's it's so fun. <laughs> I don't. Fair. I have to play a deck with an Infect win con, so I play a Zuri in EDH too, which is like a. Yeah, I heard you're a bad you're you're a bad human being. 
Yeah, I, I'm very degenerate. I've complained <laughs> to them about you. But I, I, I got I got owned by an Eldrazi deck, and I was very salty after that. So I, <laughs> we I mean, all feel the salt for the Eldrazi. Yeah, it was very bad. But I mean, uh, I'm actually happy to see control decks get a little better because mm-hmm. I like playing Infect, but you know, would at the shop near us, no one actually played Eldrazi, so it was essentially just post twin with no Eldrazi. So it was all just burn affinity and infect. And yeah. like that was all I was playing. And it's whoever goes on the play kind of wins. I mean yeah. there's very limited interaction and it wasn't actually as fun to play. I really enjoyed playing the Splinter Twin matchup. And I'm a little sad to see it go. I guess we, I, you know, I'm not trying to live in the past here. Because you liked beating it. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt pretty accomplishing. <laughs> but it's also, I'm kind of glad they're bringing, trying to revive some control games. Because it's a different strategy and it makes the game a little more fun to play. I think, yeah. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, modern can seem a little too fast sometimes. Um, so anything you do to kind of slow it down a little bit, just a little bit, I think will make a better format overall. Yeah, yeah I Escape Shift did work today. Was, was that an actual thing? Oh, Escape Shift? Uh, honestly, I have to admit, I, uh, I, I'm waiting for them to update the modern top eight for the classic because I really want to see what decks did well. I didn't hear anything about Escape Shift, but to be honest, I wasn't paying too was, close attention. I was hearing stuff about Escape Shift, too. I have got my Escape Shifted, and it's definitely... <laughs> I mean, it's like... It's not fun. It's. I think it's still a pretty good deck. I mean, it's been around for a while. Um, it's... You know, it's a little slow against decks like Infect and stuff like that, but... Boggles. Yeah, well, bo- you know, Boggles is great. Boggles is a great deck. You need to actually play it more. <laughs> I, I have built Boggles, but I have no sideboard. You think, infe- you think Infect <laughs> is degenerate. You should, I mean, wait till you play a Boggle. People are just like, oh, I'll just throw these cards out, I guess. Can't I'll do just, anything. I guess I'll just burn my deck. Sitting there with four paths, just pass, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, uh... When we went to Grand Prix Richmond for the one of the biggest modern tournaments of all time, um, I played I played Affinity. A friend played uh, Boggles, and another friend played uh, uh, American Geist. At the time, that deck has kind of mm-hmm. gone off the radar, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Boggles uh, Boggles doesn't get a whole lot of respect. The poor thing can get hated out really easily, but. Um, it's also one of those decks where if you just forget it exists, it will just destroy you. Right. Yeah, exactly. You do have to be ready for it. I mean, when, when the thing, when Twin was big and everyone's playing Colagon's Command, and you're just like, you know, you can't target the creature, but it's still pretty great to be able to just blow up. It's Artifact or Enchantment, right? Is that, yeah, it's I Artifact so. or Enchantment. Artifact or Enchantment. Is it, it's, is it both of them? I don't remember. There's still a lot I, of hate. Put in. Like I think Colagon's Command is Artifact? Oh, man. We're shitty magic players. Never mind. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, but, it's just uh, a, never mind. I'm thinking of yeah. like Dramon. maybe Jamoka's command is what you're thinking of. Yeah, but that's jo- not really command. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. There is a lot of enchantment hate. I mean, you could yeah learn enchantment when their daybreak falls off. It's then, pretty shitty to lose a daybreak. Yeah, yeah. especially because you can two for one them a lot because yeah. you just destroy one enchantment and then the daybreak's gone. Yep, you get rid of the Theroyo armor and then the majority of your, your right. power's gone. And then you got a 1-1 boggle. People are like, who cares? Nice frog, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Salty magic games. I people did. just, people are mean. <laughs> nice frog. <laughs> but uh, I did, let's uh, let's head back to standard real quick as we kind of start to wrap things up. Um, I did want us to just briefly talk about this blue-red control deck because 
Standard can sometimes be a tough place. It can be very efficient. It can be very cutthroat. Standard can be about the best deck. Um, and I just want to take a moment to just let's let's look at this deck list and let's appreciate that we have a deck. Now pretend Jace isn't there because he's the, he's the fun killer. But we have a deck with Thing in the Ice, Chandra Flamecaller, Fall of the Titans, Kozilek's Return, Pyromancer's Goggles. I repeat, Pyromancer's Goggles is on the I standard deck. Play, uh, yeah. I'm so and then magmatic insights like this deck is so sweet and jory in like this deck is so so sweet yeah yeah you're right you know this is this is one of those decks where when cards like magmatic insight came out i'm like oh that'd be cool i wonder if anyone's gonna play that and then no one did and it wasn't very good and yeah. now mm-hmm. now it's good in this and, deck and now all of a sudden someone put it into a basket with other fun this guy this guy is a good brewer right here i mean that's that's like I wish I could brew decks like this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Todd Todd Anderson is is a good Magic player, but uh, yeah, not not too many people running this. So he he had a pretty unique brew, and just to see Pyromancer's goggles doing work in Standard just made my my little Timmy heart sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, I guess, like he must. I mean. I guess the, what you know about the meta, I guess, is really going to de- depend on how you build your deck, and it's great to see how you know this deck works so well against what he thought he would be playing against, like all these white weenies and maybe and obviously some collected company like Pyromancer's goggles. So it's really great. awesome <laughs> to see a card that when it, when it's originally spoiled, I look at it and I go, "Oh, that's going to see like only EDH play." Yeah, and then now somebody's playing it and other cards that I thought the same thing about in standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we uh, radio. We we saw a thing in the ice successfully flip this weekend, right? We saw one at least. We we saw it happen a bunch of times. Yep, yep. Um, it was fantastic. Thing in the Flipped ice, beware! Bounce a bunch of stuff. Yep. All right. Well, guys, we're going to uh, start to wrap this up. But uh, did anyone else have anything else they want to talk about? Innistrad, Standard, just uh, any general magic stuff we wanted to talk about before we close up? Well, I think, uh, can we, can we, can Sean and I have a quick uh, EDH hype sesh for like one or two <laughs> cards from Shadows of Innistrad? Yeah, man. Hype, hype train. Let's do it. Yeah, you right. some hype. Ego? Hype. Oh, Altered Ego. Yeah. So oh, this is- yeah. That I feel like you know most people are going to see this and like oh this is a total bulk rare right I, I have already been blown out by it in right oh now, yeah by the way I think yes. it's an insane card especially I mean EDH so like I said I play the the new Azuri for EDH and I mean <sighs> I cannot wait to just put in an uncounterable uh, like essentially a clever impersonator for the creatures and just put some counters on it too I mean it's just so great got some late game upside I'm super excited about it. So yeah, yeah, no. Someone, someone oh. dropped this on Soul Swallower on me, <laughs> and it was an eleven eleven within one turn, Ooh. and I was just like, "Okay, oh my god, that's that's game." Wow, <laughs> that's mean. That's 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 not cool. I would venture to say that's rude. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag rude. Yeah, no. Altered Ego is is brilliant. It's like it is a ten out of ten. I love it in limited. I love it for commander. Maybe even standard. No, like Altered Ego. I have not a single complaint, and I love that magic card. It's great. I love that it can't be countered. It's so relevant that you can just play a card and and, just, and, right. then, and that's the final word. Yeah, you're just like, here it is, and try and do something about I it. I have done this can. thing to you. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it. Especially in when you're going up against three other players, 
and you're like, you got to prepare if they're going to, someone might be playing control or something. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a card that you just can't touch if you're playing control. Except you're an asshole and you were playing the control deck. Uh, uh, before yeah, matchup. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then you're just, you're just mean. So. I mean, who plays counter spells and commander? I mean, really? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Active negation, man. Active negation. Oh, God. <laughs> man, I don't want to play. I don't ever want to play Commander with you guys. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you oh, and days. Wait till you're like Genesis Wave for like uh 13 mana. Oh, days. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the it's not fun. People people give me dirty looks for dazing them. That's all right. You you just gotta <laughs> I'm giving yeah. you a dirty look right now. Oh god, I'm sorry. You, you just gotta stack <laughs> board wipes against this guy and then it's fine. Yeah, that's the thing with Azuri is you play all these little weenies and then someone damnations and you're like, well, toxic deluge. Or yeah, anything. Anything that wipes the board, and then I'm out of stuff. I will I will say I'm particularly excited about two cards. Uh definitely one of them, Death Deathcap Cultivator, um, which is kind of a I for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so good. Uh, especially in, in Marin, it's just going to be highly useful for two mana. And then a death touch is just an added bonus. Um, and then I think that one will just hang around, like, anyways. Yeah, I mean, mana generators in general are just kind of good for most formats. So, mm-hmm. Well, you know... The death touch um, just makes it relevant later. Yeah. T- typhoid rats always make attacking really difficult, no matter what magic you're playing. Yep. Um, and then the other one, uh, uh, again, in the same deck, is going to be Mind Rack Demon for me. Because when that bad boy comes in, you put those top four cards in that graveyard. And that's exactly what I want. I want to fill that graveyard full of cards and then bring them yes. back later. So I can give and you... Blur and pay off in one card. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You just need to make sure you don't deal four life to yourself every turn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you get them out on turn... But turn four, turn five, I've got some stuff. Yeah, especially if you put a Vorn's Clicks in your graveyard and then just reanimate him. I think you're going to finish the game before you run out of life. Anyways. Here's my Vorn <laughs> Clicks and here's my Shieldred. How do you feel now? You- <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Sad face. Sad. I'm intimidated just sitting here. <laughs> That's what I want. Cannon cannot be blocked by creatures unless you're a cannon. There it is. Oh, God. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> I really want someone to drop him, and then, like, that's the one time I want to hit somebody with Bound by Moon Silver. Ooh. <laughs> You're rude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, excellent. So, a card that I haven't been sure about has been Fevered Visions. Like, it seems terrible, or at least weird. But I noticed it was in that blue red control deck that we saw, but we didn't actually see it hit the table. But it seems interesting. Like, if Thing in the Ice bounces everything back to their hand, like, that's a slot for it, you know? Yeah, true. It is, uh... We're still... It's we're, an interesting... Well, wait, I'm trying to hunt for the card, because I don't even know. Okay, so at the beginning of their end step, player draws a card, and if the opponent has four oh, or more cards in hand, yeah. it deals two damage to them. Oh, yeah, it's just the card okay. one. Yeah, it's like the guy where lightning bolts are flying out of his eyes. And he's like, yeah. oh, and it looks like <laughs> lightning bolts are growing out of his dome piece. Right, he's just like, ah. Okay. Yeah, little neurons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, I, I could, when I first saw it, I was kind of thinking that, I'm like, this is kind of giving your opponent some... Well, I just had no idea where it would go, but that is an interesting home for it. So. I think the logic there is, you know, if you if you flip thing in the ice and you bounce everything to a hand, or even just thing in the ice as a blocker and just some kind of disruption, 
I think Fevered Visions is maybe kind of like a good card against control. Like if you go to a long game and you can just kind of stall out, Fevered Visions will kill them slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure someone tweeted their mixtape at me, yeah. trying to get me. People to, think you're uh, actually a radio Twitter. Pick them up because they think I'm a radio station. One of easily one of the funniest things I've heard about happening on Twitter. <laughs> I think next podcast radio needs to start playing like all those radio sounds, like air horns and stuff, in between the conversation. I don't know radio. The lunch hour. All right, cue the music. Fade us out. Yeah.